Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Here we go for a special look at Frio's uh, 2015 season as well as 2016 um, preview, I guess you call it, don't it? Before yeah, it I think we've been flogging them off as, uh, what do we be calling them? Um, we've got wrapped for the wrap-ups and primers. Uh, primers, call them. primers, yes. Yeah. Primers, sounds great. Prime for the senior season. Um, so uh, Frio uh, got their first piece of uh, silverware this year, so you'd have to say they'd be happy with themselves. You've got two pieces. I got a Brownlow and the uh, minor premiers. And a few sets of silver handcuffs lying around the place. <laughs> Some lovely bracelets to go with their medals. So, I mean, they're their real wins for the year, aren't they? I mean, it's it's Fife and the minor premiership. Yeah. Um, it was great to see Fremantle supporters so proud of their minor premiership as well. It's so cute. Yeah. It's almost like Port Adelaide proud of their SANFL premierships. There's no difference. Yeah. It's it wasn't no great difference. seeing them beat up the women, though. Well, We've got uh, Sam sitting with us again, um, from, from WA, who's uh, sat, sat, who has sat amongst the Fremantle faithful. Uh, what's your point of view on, on the proud people of Fremantle? I feel like I've been set up here. Um, <laughs> it, it's an easy lob. Yes. Um, I sit with some wonderful Fremantle members. They're biased as hell, but who is not the football? Um, but I, we were saying, I was talking on the way here, that I've never actually been, um, uh, what's the word, felt unsafe at a football crowd until the prelim this year against Hawthorne. Yeah. And there were spot fires all over the ground. and I on the ground too. Yeah. I I honestly felt bad. I was there with my sister and I really felt... Easy target. For a, yeah, uh, well, pretty much. <laughs> Especially with Freo fans, so don't <laughs> yeah. hitting women, um, <laughs> apparently. But that being said, I, I've got a lot of Freo fans and a lot of them in my family, and I'm an East Fremantle boy from way back, and I do have a soft spot for Fremantle. Yeah. I supported them almost until I was about 12 or 13. It was it was a tie between me to prison North and Freo for me. Yeah. And it wasn't like, oh, I had to pick one or the other. It's just um, my love for North continued to grow. Yeah. And Fremantle didn't hold as much allure to me as East Fremantle did. Because they were shit for years. They were shit for years. Yeah. <laughs> so, as someone that has seen it firsthand, rather than what's reported, especially mm. over here on the East Coast, where it's um, the worst is always going to be highlighted because that's the story. Mm. Um, so, besides the one game where it was bad, do you feel like it is? Is it female supporters all year? I mean, I mean, they're they're parochial, but you expect that from home ground. Is it but, as bad as Port Adelaide? Um, well, I've never been to a Port Adelaide home game. I've never been to a Collingwood home game. Did no, anyone I mean, call a four-year-old a cunt? 
<laughs> no, not, 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 not my presence. Probably not as I bad as Port Adelaide. I did a four-year-old call anyone the cunt. I've heard from other people as well, sitting in general admittance, um, areas that, that were with some bad Freo fans. Oh, they're the but, peasants, they don't matter. Yeah, well, this is the thing. The members I sit with are fantastic, and it gets to the point where where do you call a fan a fan? Are these yeah. dickheads who are showing up assaulting women starting fights, are they fans? No. They wear Freo colours. They support them in the finals. Are they fans? Probably not. And it's it's kind of hard to um, blame a whole fan base on some absolute shit cunts. But yeah. unfortunately, yeah. that's the way it works, especially in the media. Yeah. But honestly, Freo fans, the, I'm not going to hide behind it. The one time I've been at a football game and didn't feel safe was a Fremantle home game. Yeah. Um, you had cash on you, didn't you? I did. You made that mistake. <laughs> oh, God, why? Tap and go every time. Yes. <laughs> but, oh. I mean, I mean, the, the dude that got jailed, like, that's where I differ. Like, in, he obviously, to me, he obviously was a fan, but he is just an absolute cunt who's, I think he got jail time for it now, didn't he? I think it was Ooh. the last straw in a long litany of uh, questionable decisions. It was on parole. I, I swear he was on parole. Yeah, I, I think he was. If yeah. he went to jail, it wasn't because of that incident. Or he like, he I, suspended think he was already, yeah, I think he was already on a suspended sentence and then yeah. he broke his parole by assaulting someone. Yeah. So, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, that, that's a problem that's dealt with itself. Yeah. Um, mm. that, that's not a free fan acting out. That's a cunt who's proven he's a cunt. Yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah, they're uh, not losing anything by losing him. The, yeah. the, the membership van exactly. has probably not had shit knocked off because he left half-time. <laughs> they, they've got a waiting list. He can be replaced quite easily yeah. and yeah. has been. So I, I think it is a shame that, um, and, and like uh, Sam said, we were talking about before, we don't want to see football go down that route where you know fans have to be um, separated and that kind of stuff. Yeah. However, um, I reckon that Fremantle have had that wake-up call as a supporter base and they'll be, you know, they're still going to be loud. They're still going to be... Uh, yeah. uh, Booing the opposition, which you fucking should. It's all part of the show. Absolutely. Um, but they are going to be mindful, and I think they will self-police a lot um, yeah. this year because they, they don't want that reputation to stick. Yeah. Well, I, I absolutely agree. You can go to the game. If you've paid your money, you can call the player on there, anything, you know, within reason, as long as you don't boo them, apparently. But um, you can get in their ear, you can yell, you can scream, as long as you don't belt them with a foam finger or anything. It, that's part of the fun. You know, yeah, shape, as long as you're not shaping up to hit someone, that's yeah. not on. But um, you can. Some of the uh, sledges are actually pretty funny. Well, that's I think it. we went uh, to the Richmond North round twenty three. Yeah, and that was pretty funny. Yeah, some so the of thing the is, I think set. I think you start fighting when you don't have a good enough comeback. Like when your sledging fails, that's when they start trying to fight. It's because yes. you got out funnied in the crowd. Well, yeah, if you've been made look the fool, and yeah. you were trying to be a smart ass, so they do get a bit frustrated. But um, everyone who has interacted with humans previously knows that there's a line that you can be funny on and there's a line with just being a cunt. And obviously, building people, looking like you're going to build people, that's being a cunt. Yeah. Um, if you're, you know... It's almost insin- like Facebook in real life, isn't it? Like, <laughs> you have to be accountable for your cuntiness. Yeah. You can insinuate <laughs> you slept with someone's mum, dad... You go to jail. Whatever. As much as you like. It's even, it works even better if you actually did. Yeah. Like, so, uh, all I'm trying to say is that I believe in them. I believe they can do it. They can be... They Sleep can be, with their mums. Yeah. They can uh, turn it around and I think that they'll be very proactive in trying to make sure that that doesn't become synonymous with Fremantle supporters. Well, they they do do a lot of stuff like uh, yeah, before games. Like, I, I've never... 
Like when they played Sydney in the qualifying final, they had um, uh, Pavlic come up on the big screen yeah. before the yeah. game, and he talked. And I've never seen him before. And he talked about booing, and he talked because Adam Good is playing, yeah. and yeah. I was talking about what is acceptable and what he wants to see from his fans. Yeah. Um, and that was fantastic. And he didn't really have that much problem in the game. There was booing. There was booing, which yeah. is going to, which good is thank. It sounds bad. I think Goes retired now. He don't have to deal with that anymore. Yeah. But like he was always going to cop that too yeah. until he did retire. Yeah. But uh, they do. They are pushing uh, this kind of idea of acceptance um, down at Fremantle, which is good, and they are trying to get ahead of it. I really hope that because Freo just got smashed in that game against Hawthorne, that they can kind of... It was just an aberration. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. we can just move on. Yeah. Because I'm a member again this year, um, going to probably all the home games, and I don't want to feel like that again. Yeah. yeah. So when, like you call them all, when you call them all cunts, uh, what was your seat number again? <laughs> <laughs> sorry, Josh, keep going. It just seems like Freo should just put the hand up and say, sorry, I was fucking hangry. Like, yeah, I've, I've had something to eat. My blood sugar's good. We're okay again. We can go forward. You're hungry for a premiership. Yeah, <laughs> I just keep fucking missing. That's like, like you, your North Melbourne supporter, living. You live in Perth, or I live in Perth. Yeah, in Perth. Yeah, so it's a two-team town, more or less. Like Western Australia, you got Frio and, and West Coast, and very, very passionate. And you're open either, so you have this sort of objective view on on how they act. And it's like when you live in Adelaide, and you've got Port and Adelaide. And it seems like Frio are the Port Adelaide of Western Australia where... The second team. Yeah, because, because Adelaide were there first and when you went to Footy Park and it was an Adelaide home game, for one entire half of the ground was sort of like Nana's knitting their crow scarf <laughs> yeah. for next year or something like that. Yeah, and bodies getting buried. The drunkards were standing up behind them yelling out shit, drinking the West End or whatever it was. But then when Port came into the fold... All of a sudden, no nanas are from Port Adelaide. And if they were, they were fucking hardcore nanas. They like, were nanas, but they were 27. Yeah, they were knitting stolen ball. That's how hardcore <laughs> they were. And um, it, yeah, it was a completely different dynamic compared to going to the same oval with uh, the Adelaide supporters. And well, I haven't been to uh, either of them since they moved to Adelaide Oval, so I don't know if the Port Adelaide supporters can afford to get out to Adelaide Oval. <laughs> oh, no, or... they're, they're getting a crowd, don't worry about that. <laughs> well, they just stay there from Saturday night and just fucking steal someone's yep. hotel room. No, sleeping. the problem is that they have to drive home afterwards, so if you're parked around... <laughs> they've got to steal a car first. Yeah, if you're like parked around North Adelaide, there's fuck that. involved. <laughs> but there is the, well, the, the stereotypes in Perth, if it, you guys are not sure if you know about it. Absolutely nothing. No. Well, I was going okay. to ask yeah. exactly that. West Coast of the Chardonnay Shippers. Chardonnay Sippers. Right. Um, so that's they're more affluent northern suburbs, which is the richer suburbs. That's um, where Benny that, Carr's got his shit. Yeah, they were <laughs> they were they're, they're the uh, seen as the richer supporters. Yeah. Whereas Fremantle, more working class southern suburbs, um, generally live a harder life. That is a stereotype, and of course, there's outliers. But so pretty much the same as Sydney and GWS, and yeah, Adelaide and Port Adelaide, I guess. Except yeah. people care. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. So I don't know what the stereotype of GWS supporters are. Translucent. <laughs> they're happy to have everyone pay attention. Yeah. They're happy to have everyone pay attention enough to give them a stereotype. Yeah. Although, like we said, Benny the Tosser, yeah. Uh, yeah. Benny, he's a GWS supporter. Yeah, he's a good Tosser. Uh, Melbourne uh, member, rather. Um, so anyway, Frio, seventeen wins to finish uh, minor premiers, um, as we said. But uh, finals was not a highlight for them. Even though they got up over Sydney, but it wasn't that. Jesus, that was a shit game. Yeah, yeah. it was. That was a waste of money. Going to that. <laughs> yeah. Um, although you know, in finals, a win is a win, but still, it 
it was almost like the cracks were there. It was a hollow victory. Yeah. Undermanned um, yep. that Sydney were. But, um, so 17 wins, where do you reckon their best ones were? So I've got uh, round three against West Coast. Mm, yeah. It's always oh, like... Oh, Jesus, that game. Yeah. I forgot, forgot about that. They're always going to want to beat uh, the, the bigger brothers across town. But I think when they kick the first 10... Yeah, uh, like I think it was first nine. First nine? nine? In the first quarter um, to none. Until Nat knew he got a really scrappy goal on the goal. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, they, they won in a canter. Especially the f- end. for Frio to kick nine goals in a quarter. Yep. I mean, the, scoring's always been their problem and it's been highlighted by every um, two-bit journalist, including you know our two bits around here. Um, <laughs> to kick nine goals in a quarter is a massive effort for them. To do it against West Coast in a, in a derby, derby yeah. Yeah. yeah, massive. West Coast hadn't sorted out their... Defence yet? They yeah. just lost Mackenzie and Brown and yep. the yep. Weagles Web, as yep. Jared Healy likes to call it. Is that what it's called? Was it? Yeah, Jared uh, yeah. Healy called it the Weagles Web. Which yeah. honestly, if you want to piss off an Eagles fan, call them the Weagles. It's fucking hilarious. <laughs> yeah. um, they always called the Weagles. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so they hadn't sorted that out yet, um, and Freo just Subi's their operating table, and they were surgeons. They just carved yeah. them up. Yeah. Um, that was amazing to watch. That was it was embarrassing. For yeah, West Coast. for West Coast, yeah. yeah. I mean, but, they made it a little bit more respectable by the end, but mm. the, the contest was gone. Oh, no, it was great. You went on the Weagles website um, afterwards. I'm calling the Weagles now. <laughs> yeah. My dad's going to listen to this afterwards. He's going to fucking hit me. Um, but you go on their website afterwards, and it was like, oh, um, despite um, you know winning three quarters of the contest, they still couldn't get up. Yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was so True. delusional. It, yeah. was, oh, it was great. Problem was, four quarters of the contest was over. Three quarters of the game remained, yeah, the contest exactly. wasn't there. But one of the things that's interesting for, for me coming from a spec- perspective of we only get um, Victorian media was hearing the context of how these wins and losses are framed, especially with like the the lack of defense for West Coast and the West Coast web. Was it sort of after that where Maston sort of stepped up and actually had some sort of role to play? Uh, well, McGovern. McGovern. McGovern, sorry. Yeah, yeah. McGovern. Although yeah. Maston had a good year too. Yeah. But what, almost like comparing them to Hurley with Essendon where they were missing that person across halfback and all of a sudden, one player steps up and says, all right, well, this is going to be my role, and they sort of own it. Yeah. So it shouldn't... We'll save West Coast for later, but like, there's more than one person set by West Coast. The whole back six was just yeah. incredible. Yeah. Well, we'll go into that in another podcast. Well, exactly right. And talking about one person stepping up, I mean, the highlight for Frio was the season by five. Mm. Yeah. The, his first 12 rounds is the best half of a season. Yeah. I've, I've, I can't remember a better one ever. Yeah. The fact was he was getting compared to Ablett and, you know, God's got to say, Ablett's a silkier player, um, whatever. You want to say, I don't think he's better than Ablett, but the fact that he was in that discussion yeah. and he was was a credible talk about it. Like, Fife, yeah. halfway through the season, was averaging like 19 contested possessions a game. Yep. Yeah. I've never seen that. Yeah. That is incredible. Yeah, because most people who get those high possessions, they're not the in and under players who they're are getting outside, their own yeah. ball. They're on the outside and they're like, they're in a team where their midfield is solid. Like you've got Ablo winners at Geelong and you've got um, uh, fucking who's the dude, Paul Chap- uh, Chapman in there and getting the hard ball gets yeah. and whatnot. And they're generally hanging on the outside. That's how you get all those possessions in a game and have those effective disposals and that. But when you have to get on yourself, it's very difficult to be able to do everything. But yeah, I think... And then, get it under pressure, make a good decision to get the ball out to someone else by yeah. hand or foot. And Fife does it brilliantly. Uh, yeah. Freo have the best, Freo have the two best extractors, in my opinion, in the league, in Lockie Neal and um, in, in Sand, I'm just saying that, and Fife. And it helped because Sandlands doing the tap yeah, so perfectly yeah. all the time. Yeah. But the way they're able to get the ball in congestion and choose the right handball 95% of the time is just incredible. If, I, if um, 
Sandlin's learns to tap to his ro- rovers. They're going to be fucking unstoppable. That was what I was going to bring up, is why hasn't this happened before? They've had quality midfielders before, of course. I mean, um, he's not the first one. He's obviously the best. But they should be winning more out of the middle because Sandlin's wins so many taps. I know. It, it, yeah. it astounds me. Like, I've... I'd never make pretensions of being a ruckman's asshole, and I've never <laughs> played ruck at an AFL level. But even playing junior footy as a shite ruckman, I'd tell my rovers where the fuck I was trying to get it. Yeah. Um, and look, I, this might be a revolution in ruckman because fuck knows we've seen so many of them land before they touch the ball and then they seem to just whack it wherever the fuck they feel. But I reckon having a chat to the ruckman, if you're a rover, you know, hey, Sandy, I'm a fucking Brownlow medalist. I want you to put it here. Might work. Problem, oh, what's I got? The problem is you can't keep it a secret because you've got to yell to him. He's not bending down that far to whisper. <laughs> yeah, fair I, I say, well, I'm, speaking about Sanderlands, under Mark Harvey and under Chris Connolly, God, that name's like cancer. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Sanderlands wasn't a tap ruckman. He was a thump ruckman. Yeah. 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 yeah he, he just fucking swung his arm at it and hit it onto the wing and it was like belly. Peter Bell chases it. Yeah. Like, that yeah. was their clearance game. And it, yeah. I'm still gutted that Bell left North, but anyway. Yeah, um, but no, I'm going But I mean, them. Harvey wasn't known for complex game plans. <laughs> no, yeah, that, he that wasn't. Was, that was kind of it. it was like, yeah, yeah, bash a forward, we kick goals. Mm. Yeah. Um, he had Crowley playing as a full forward once. Yeah. That fucking... Interesting. I, I, yeah, it was, again, it was when St Kilda were good, I remember they, they came over and they smashed Freo. And I remember Crowley started a full forward and I was at the game going... What the fuck is happening? <laughs> Actually, it's funny you say that because apparently that's what the players were saying too. Um, in, um, this is in Pav's book. Pav's book yeah. is like, um, they'd have these structures set up that they'd train all pre-season for and then on game day, all of a sudden, Harvey's like, oh yeah, let's try this. Have a crack at this. And they're like, we've never fucking seen this before well, at the, all. the Malcolm Blight school of two teaching. Yeah. Like, yeah. Coaching. Uh, the thing is, every time I talk to Mark Harvey, which is very few, but a couple of times over a gaming table, he seemed a very excitable bloke. Like, generally interested in people's lives full stop. Like, it, it, he seemed like it, a nice guy. He was a very nice guy, like too nice to be a coach. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Crowley was probably like, come on, can I please go forward? He's like, no, yeah. I can't. <laughs> oh, yeah, right. I'll be your best friend. Yeah. Oh, I like best friends. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> On the other hand, I've heard Crowley's fucking hilarious. I've yeah. heard he's the yep. funniest drunk that's gone around. Yeah, I've heard that too. Everyone reckons he's such a nice bloke too. Yeah. Funniest uh, methadone user. <laughs> <laughs> well, well there's a fairly long list out of WA footy players. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so yeah I, I, for me that was the best win because uh, well, they trot off 11 or 12 wins in a row to start the season yeah until Richmond but, beat them. yeah Richmond beat them around Richmond 10 so overworked them oh yeah. so there you go so 9 in a row um, yeah. even though they had that many wins in a row they weren't that many that were impressive wins but that West Coast one was especially yeah. when scoring was their major issue yeah um, so the obvious question then is if that's what their best wins were what were their worst losses well if you you said they weren't impressive, but they did kind of give North a toweling in round eight. Yeah, it's nothing. 80 points. But, um, don't make, don't remind me. <laughs> but then again, North did get them back later in the season. Mm. But uh, impressive wins. No, that so, wasn't no, the question. Sorry, okay, yeah. worst, worst, worst loss. If I, if I go ch- uh, chime in, um, there'll be two. One, um, the Richmond game, where Richmond carved them up in the first quarter and Vickery looked like he was John Coleman. And it's tough to make like, Vickery look that good. If you're making Vickery look good, you've done well. Yeah, um, yeah. But you're trying. You're trying to make him look good. <laughs> we were talking before about um, the WA commentators, how much they love waffle. Mm. Um, and I mean uh, both kinds of waffle, both uh, waffling on like I am now and the <laughs> WA footy league. Um, I was listening to this game in the on the radio as I was driving um, in a state and there was one 
passage of play where Richmond moved it from full back to full forward and they said a Frio player chases, a fair, named oh. every player that chased and then Richmond got the ball. I'm like, I don't know one person that touched the ball just then because they're all Richmond players and they weren't named <laughs> yeah. on the radio. West uh, notoriously bad. Um, if you listen to ABC Grandstand, but not too bad. You listen to commercial radio, which is 8826BR over there, Yep. Um, which I think is shown is on 3AW radio here. Right. That might have been what I was listening to. Yeah, yeah. holy yeah. shit, 8826BR, fucking atrocious. <laughs> and, that's what, that's, and that's what Basil Zemplis is on. Carl, Carl Langdon's on there. Um, so uh, everyone's high as a motherfucker. Who was, who was that? Yeah. Who was that ginger nut played for Footscray? One of Brad Hardy. Brad Hardy, he's oh, on that as well. Shit. And they're fucking. They are They are awful. He won a brown nut, yeah. I don't know. I haven't heard that name for ages. Yeah. Well, he's, he's a legend over in, um, in WA. Yeah. So the Tigers is one worse than the one. other one? And the other one was on the flip side Eagles smashing him in the derby yeah. on the, the return leg because, yeah. again. The, it was the opposite way. The Eagles gave them a thrashing in the first quarter, kicked the first eight or something. Yeah. And made them look like... I was sitting there and I was in a shit-stirring mood. I was a bit drunk. I was going to the darts afterwards. <laughs> and, um, so I was, I was sitting there and I was with all the Freo fans and I turned around and I was like, after like a seventh goal went through or something and Luke Street was killing him. I turned around and went, how the fuck are you cunts number one? Like, just absolutely, that was absolutely... Shit. <laughs> well, they did have a few belting losses too. Like mm. I was just uh, checking out then. Port was a big one for me. Uh, Twenty points down. Port were at quarter time. Mm. Ended up winning by twelve goals. Yeah, and that's you know obviously they don't travel. And then Hawthorne as well. I was going to say the Hawthorne round fifteen game was a big one too. Yeah, yeah. Hawthorne were never headed. I think uh, uh, maybe they had a, a point deficit, but I from think. then on it's just bang, 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 and they ended up winning by. Over ninety points. I think um, almost ninety points. Sam Mitchell's knee got three votes in that game. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> by every other team that put the votes in. See, I think it was the worst loss was Richmond because I think after that was when they got found out. I think that was the one where their their strategy of very attack and being sent off that half forward line or the half back line. Sorry, where you kick out wide, go inboard, and then rush through the center. I think that's where they got found out because Richmond just put their players from pretty much the forward flank to the wing on whatever side the ball was and they couldn't go inboard and then they get caught up because you, you couldn't overrun the uh, zone defense that was coming out. Mm. And then when you look at when they lost in to Richmond around 10, if you look at the worms, like the scoring worms, when yeah. they lost, when they beat West Coast, it's almost exactly the same. Yeah. Like they got dominated in the first quarter because they got cut off what they did to West Coast, what Richmond did to them in round 10. And after round 10, their losses were to Hawks, West Coast, Port, um... Hawks again and North Melbourne, I believe. Uh, Hawks is in the finals. But they won again against Hawks straight off Richmond, I think, in round 20 uh, and then they in they didn't beat the, the Hawks. I think they lost, they? I think they lost Haw- Hawks twice this year. One in the finals and then in Aurora. I yeah. lost to them. The, I don't remember them beating the Hawks. No, they didn't beat the Hawks. Really? Might have been looking at the previous year. Hawks in Aurora. Oh, it might have been round 10, Hawks Aurora. Because there was a joke because in... Um, Frio's yeah. membership like slogan was like anywhere, yeah. anytime, and then it's and then some Eagles guys tattooed, um, so graffitied, um, <laughs> but except for the Hawks at the MCG, yeah. like, it, was, it was a big joke for a while because they couldn't beat Hawthorne. Well, uh, that's why I had round fifteen as their worst loss against Hawks because yeah. they've had that tag. We can't beat Hawthorne. See, I just don't think they try. Like when when uh, even with Mark Harvey as well, when Frio go to um, Tasmania, yeah, they just 
don't send. They just don't give a shit. Mm. Well, it was, it was surprising they sent a full yep. side. Yeah. I mean, because they they went for it, but they got blown away. Like I think yeah. one goal in the first half again. Um, it, that hurt, and you get, you know that those things they they build up in your in your psyche uh, amongst the players, and players could be fickle like that. Um, but it, it was funny when uh, they lost five. Um, I thought that there's a real chance that you, you can show that they weren't a one-man team. And obviously they're not. I mean, they finished minor premiers. They still had 17 wins. Yeah. Um, and you can't say 17 wins is a generous draw. I mean, yeah, just, exactly. You, you, okay, let's let's take one win off of them and say it's 16 for a generous yep. draw. I mean, it's just silly. Um, but I think guys like Mundy um, and Maine... Uh, Still, and Lockie Neal. Lockie Neal had a breakout year. Yeah. Money and Main had fair to middling by their own um, comparisons. Um, there wasn't, I mean, it's hard to replace a Fife who's had the best first yeah. half of the year ever. But it, you would have liked to see some some more come in from um, from the other players like that. Yeah. Barlow. What the fuck happened to Barlow? Yeah, what happened to yeah. Barlow? Where'd he go? Fuck knows. Because also, I remember, and it's funny that the main association I have with the sort of up-and-coming players of the clubs is through Supercoach and who you see scoring good points and whatnot. Mm. And I always remember Fife and Subin being the um, sort of value-for-money players coming through Frio uh, back in the day. And it seems like Fife has taken that step up to be a fucking gun, you know what I mean? Yeah. And Subin was that unlucky, I think he had some injuries and shit, but always there or thereabouts, and didn't quite just get over that, that hump. In my mind, Subin has always been one of those, uh, had the... Players that are famous for being subbed out at half time because of performance, yeah. not because of injury. Yeah, and I think that actually that might have been against Hawthorne down in Tassie. Um, the, he's a hot couple and of years cold, ago. Serban, you know, he's again, he's not one of those players that bases a lot of his game on niggle as well. Uh, the fact that he, the first cunt to get bitten like twenty years of AFL, like that's a that's a fair effort. Like yeah. obviously, like you've done something. You've, yeah. you've, you've pissed off someone. Someone yeah. just bitten you. Chris Lewis has gone. That's out of order. <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, well, Subin is a uh, probably like there since Crowley's gone, it's been their niggling uh, midfielder. Well, I mean, when you know you're the first player to get bitten and you're in the same side as Hayden Ballantyne, <laughs> yeah, you've put in some effort. Yeah, see, yeah, yeah, yeah. he's such a cunt. I like him. Yeah, Ballantyne, but see, yeah. he, he looks, one of my players, he looks like a vampire. How has he not bitten anyone? Oh, <laughs> what do they call it? Eddie, Eddie Munster. Munster. Yeah, Munster, yeah, all the time. Yeah. yeah. Um, probably why he doesn't play that well during day so games. He should be sponsored by zinc cream or something. <laughs> <laughs> Ruffy's got that so sewn up. That's Ruffy's <laughs> literally sewn up. Contract all the way. Um, so, I mean, what about down back? Because uh, uh, McFarlane obviously didn't have uh, a full season and mm. had to retire um, in the stands. So Johnson's do, getting injured more and more now as well. Yeah, he's always been... Uh, he has that laconic style, mm. um, which I, I don't know if that helps. Yeah, how do you do hamstrings when you just like lope around? <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't, though. Um, and uh, Zach Clark, who that, somebody called Opium. Opium? Yeah. Opium Zach Clark. I don't, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not sure about that. S- Slow-moving dope. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> so dope moves fast at the West, though. So. <laughs> oh, God. Um, so, anyway, for Frio, so... It was very interesting that it was their first minor premiership, um, which is something to celebrate. But I've you got the feeling on this side that um, that wasn't enough for the fans, which is a good thing. They expected more from this group and yeah. more from Ross Lyon. Well, so minor premiership wasn't the goal. I think the indicator of that is how many delistings they had. Yeah, at the end um, of the year. they cleaned out. I mean, 
running quickly through them, you got Crowley out, DeLuca Cardillo, who no one except Frio fans will know, uh, Duffield, Duffy, McFarlane, Morabito, Silvia, Ballard, Moller. Morabito, did he get rookie? Vandalua. I think he did, I but I wouldn't, I wouldn't bet my life on it. Surely they would rookie list him because Moro yeah. is like a hero at the club. And you've invested that many bloody that much dollars into his knees. You've got to get some return. Which he had three or four now. I think he's at four. Mm. It's him and uh, Menzel down mm. at Geelong competing for. I get, uh, and Alex Johnson at Sydney. I get emails from like um, Fremantle when he like it's like a strain and training more of it. Like <laughs> if, if, if a fly touches him, it's news. You have to clean up your inbox. We're, fair, we're looking for a new kidney or just new tendons. Yeah. Any donations? Happily accepted. I'm going to say, you reckon they would have kept Colin Sylvia on just for spare parts for him or something? <laughs> Get some use out of him. Fuck, that was a disaster. Jesus Christ, Colin Sylvia. It's, oh, it's hard when you go from Melbourne, you know, out to a club that's actually competing, mm. and then you just like, you know, fuck this. I liked it better when we were shit. You didn't have to try. Yeah. And it seems like, I don't know, he's, Colin Sylvia always seemed like a meathead. Seemed like people that don't really think much were good at lifting heavy things and getting the hard ball he was as highly as, valued as, as soon as it was meathead uh, implies adversity. like you've got like some kind of like effort and toughness about you though. yeah that's a fair point actually yeah it's almost like the um, local league meatheads where as soon as they faced the interstate competition they were like oh fuck no, this fuck shit this. yeah well uh, Morabito and um, DeLuca getting redrafted in the rookie draft yeah he did yeah there you go um, so if they're the outs there's some top heavy outs there um, but all replaceable I think and I think Crowley after sitting out his entire uh, suspension for the entire year they show that they don't need um, they played better like I saw the season yeah. without Crowley he yeah. saw it opened up a space um, in the midfield and Lockie Neal just took it with two hands Lockie Neal had yeah. Like we said, he had a breakout year. Yeah. Um, it really suited his game, I think. Um, but uh, having said that, like I said, minor premier, 17 wins without Crowley shows you're not going to miss him. Mm. Having said that, I don't know if they would have minded him manning Sammy Mitchell during that prelim final. It but, could so. have been. You couldn't, you couldn't have chucked him in there on the zero... Zero games. Yeah, zero yeah, games exactly. that he'd had. Not for a prelim. But you'd want to put somebody on Mitchell. That yeah. was... That first half was yes. ridiculous. Yeah. I was sitting there, yeah. like, in the bleachers, going, just put somebody on yeah. him. Anybody. He yeah. was just doing what he wants. He had, like, he, same much was going off time as it is anyway when he's on yep. the ball, yep. let alone when he's just, he had, like, an absolute age to yeah. do whatever the fuck he wanted. And it was periods, like, he's the best player I've seen ever on both sides of his body. Yep. And he's just sitting there, like, on the on the apex of the 50 meter arc can kick it wherever he wants and no one going towards him yeah mm. yeah. now obviously I like that because I'm a Hawthorne supporter <laughs> but um, what annoyed would annoy Fremantle supporters even more about that was that Richmond showed how to play against Hawthorne and that you've got to run up a man and you've got to stand right in front yeah. because if he gets that one foot either side he's gone yeah. and that, he, the way he delivers the ball so you're saying leave him alone yeah it doesn't work that much yeah uh, and uh, I think you know one of the other joys that Fremantle supporters would get out of the year was that um, they saw the same tactic applied to Cyril Rioli in the grand final with similar results. Because <laughs> yeah. um, I, I don't imagine that many Frio supporters were supporting the Crosstown uh, Big Brother on the last or well, the first Sunday, Saturday in October. Yeah. Yes and no. Um, uh, it's weird. Like there's a, definitely a, it's a huge rivalry, but it's like there was still a lot of people who were going for West Coast. 
Um, just because. Just because, yeah. and like they not like Freo fans are big fans of Hawthorne. <laughs> so yeah. it was it was like a less of two evils. But I don't think they would have been able to live with themselves if it went four 0 in a Premiership count. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, they would have lost it. Especially, like, West Coast weren't meant to do anything this year. We'll save the next podcast. But, like, if they yeah. stole a premiership, yeah. that would have just been the worst for Freo fans. Yeah. The big off-season announcement for mine was Benel. Mm. You got a troubled player with a fucking massive upside going to a team that is underachieving. It'll either be the most brilliant move in the last decade or it's going to fall flat on the fucking face. There's no in-between. I reckon there's no risk. I reckon it's a it's a, an easy decision for them. Well, um, they would have, would have got him for low dollars. Well, not they would have they got him paid for his level. Yeah, absolutely, they would have would have been a fair bit of cash, but uh, not as much had he had not all the off field dramas. When he's announced that he wanted to go home to uh, Perth and he nominated Fremantle, uh, obviously it's not a uh, the discussion was well, do we want him or not? Doesn't last any longer than mm. it takes he's to say yep. Yeah, yeah, um, and. I think that he's going to be uh, the missing link for them because he offers that speed and outside run that... Uh, well, he got offered speed and that was the problem he took. <laughs> <laughs> um, On camera. <laughs> so, I mean, that's their big in. Um, and I think that more than makes up for their outs. Well, I think West Coast are disappointed because they were like, fuck, we've had cars, we've had Langdon, we've had all these blokes. We could have just... We've had premierships. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's what Frio's done. They've, got, they've looked at what West Coast have done. Like, these guys are all fucking high as balls. <laughs> Maybe we'll get some of these guys in and see how we go. Well, that's where Essendon went too because they were like, we fucked it up, so we'll get the professionals, get Worsfold in here. We'll just, you know... An actual well, chemist. Yeah. yeah, an actual yeah. pharmacist. Yeah. So that's why they got rid of Jackie Carlisle, who was out on his own. Mm. Exactly. He'd, and he'd gone rogue. And Zaharaka's doing some research down in Mexico here in the off-season. <laughs> um, so with Freo, like you said, Harley Bennell, um, he's, he's got to be the, the thing that gets them over the, over the line. It'll either be that or it'll be the thing that distracts everyone so fucking much that Frio just fall over. Good. So, the, the, like I said, there'll be no in-between. He'll either be an out-and-out superstar, massive contributor, and he'll be the uh, Kerr to Judd of the West Coast uh, yeah. Premiership team. You look at what, how, how Ross Lyons handled players like Michael Walters who had trouble in the past. Yeah, it, uh, Frio fans are fairly confident, and so am I that he'll be able to pull something out of Harley Bennell. Yeah. And Freo fans would be delighted because they won't have Daniel Pierce kicking into the forward 15 Because <laughs> that, that can't, can't kick. Every, every team's got that bloke where you just like, Butch, sweet, we've got it, we're in. Oh, fuck, it's him. Oh, oh fuck, it's Ben Jacobs. Yeah, oh, this could go anywhere. Oh, and it did. He kicks Shit. like a mule because he's usually facing the wrong way. <laughs> every team's got that player. Um, oh, we've got a few of them, I think. <laughs> Who was the lad that dropped the mark in the, in the prelim? Oh, uh, Tommy Sheridan. Sheridan, yeah. that's it. I'm going to say. So there's you know, one less spot for Sheridan as well. Although I'm sure he's recovered from it. Freo yeah. fans love Sheridan. I'm going to say he needs to bounce back. Freo fans love Sheridan, and I've um, had arguments in the AFL about Sheridan before. I think he's a good player, but he's really bad under pressure. Yeah. And yeah. I think the prelim kind of confirmed why. Like, all the Freo fans are like, no, no, you watch him, you watch him. I'm like, I watch him Just all the wait. time. Number 11, yeah. I'm sure I, I, I'm watching the same guy. I'm like, no, you watch him. And it's, that, it's even 11, so he looks the same upside down and everything. <laughs> and so, yeah, and that, that prelim, that wasn't the only mistake he made. He butchered it a few times under pressure. Um, and just kicking errors, and then he butchered that mark. And the the best part about I that is you, you say butchered it, and I know it's been an Australian colloquialism for ages, but I automatically think back to Butcher in Port Adelaide, oh, yeah. and just the amount of times he has lived up to his namesake. <laughs> Fuck me, it's been an amusing season. 
But the best thing about him was he's the first player I've seen that has caused all of Port Adelaide to turn on one of their own players. Because <laughs> they're usually pretty loyal fuckers there. But it's almost like he's so shit that he's become a pet project. Yeah, no, it's kind of like that. They, they love him now. It's like ironic. Like, it's, like, it's a full cycle. They're like, oh, Butcher's going to be really good. going to be our next like, key the target. The future. Yeah, the future. They call him the future. And, and, the, and so when the media started playing up on it, so when he was dropped and brought back in, I said, back to the future. Like, it was this big thing. And then, like, he got shit and everyone turned on him <laughs> and when they kept going Ken Hinkley like once the season was fucked was like shit that's yeah. why he put it for shitting giggles yeah. and all of a sudden they loved him again and it I became think, a whole I think it's an expectation thing too like if you've got a dog you're expecting to run into a house and save a burning infant <laughs> then you need that fucking top dog but if you've got a dog that's going to shit on itself and you know fucking vomit on its own testicles and then suddenly it manages to save a child once you're just like Fuck me, you've overachieved. Well done, son. I think Butch is the same. He's the dog that's vomited on his own nuts and then suddenly manages to get that one kick that finds a target. Like, oh, well done, lad. But how do you get to AFL level and not know how to drop a ball into your boot? Exactly. I don't know. Suck See, a dick? I think every coach needs a scapegoat. And yep. Ken Hingley's gone, sweet. <laughs> There's my scapegoat. Speaking of Zach Dawson. <laughs> um, he's gotten worse and worse. I mean, that back elbow... Um, I've forgotten who it was against now, but he finally it's got back into the Silver side. versus. Um, <laughs> finally gets back into the side and does that elbow to get three or four weeks out. Oh, what team was that against? I can't remember. Yeah. Okay. See, if you're a mixed martial artist, you'd get player of the day. Yeah, unfortunately, when you're Zach Dawson, you don't. You get a rest. So the thing about Zach Dawson is, like, when that came up a quarter time, I was on my phone and I was showing our members around me, like, the incident, and I was like, thank fuck, he's going to be suspended. But <laughs> yeah. like, it gets to that point. Yeah, yeah, it gets to that point. I mean, Saints supporters, Hawks supporters, we've all gone, see, guys? Told you. He was serviceable a couple of years ago. He was. Yeah. He was yeah. more than serviceable, and now he's just an absolute trash yeah. bag. He got two on Jeremy Cameron. Uh, oh, GWS, was it? Yeah. Oh, that's right. He ended up game looking like a war veteran, Cameron. <laughs> yeah, that's right. The old mummy. And yeah. kicked a cracker goal as well, I think. Taped up like that. He started turning on after that. I think it's it's trouble for Dawson too because he's not getting any younger. And mm. the back line was the second best back line for the year, I think, mm. in points conceded. And he yeah. didn't play many games. And he didn't play many games. So yeah. it shows that they've moved on. And yeah. Especially with the way Ross Lyon teams play, it is a team and a system yeah. well, in yeah. that back line and one of the most efficient or ruthless. But um, it's Ross defenses. Lyon. Can you really see him leaving his pet behind? Like Well, I mean Alex Savani did come in for him and he's Oh well, Savani's even worse, mate. Yeah, I yeah, know. <laughs> he's been a bit of a pet of Lions too. Yeah. Well I'm gonna say Well they got well, as I say, Alex Pierce is the one of the best up and coming defenders in the league, in my opinion, watching him play live. He's gonna be like everyone's concerned about McFarlane leaving, Alex Pierce will just slot in almost straight away. Um, yep. I was going to say, you know, Mick Malthouse had a breakout with Daisy Thomas this year, so maybe <laughs> maybe it's Lyon and uh, and Dawson. He can move out of the basement. And, well, you know, so you're going to say free range. He's on the recruit. Yeah, he could be. <laughs> he could be the next recruit. We've already said the premiership expectation. How low do Freo have to finish for Lions to be under pressure? Okay, um, I'll phrase that in a different different way. If they have the same season this year and they fall short in a prelim, I don't know if you keep him. See, it's one of the tough ones because every, everyone says he's a great coach. But who is the greatest coach not to win a flag? Yeah. I mean, do it, you even know? It's a, it's a damning praise. Yeah, it? the greatest coach not to win a flag. Who gives a fuck about that? Yeah. Exactly. He'd rather be the shittest coach who won a flag just through sheer ass. That's a question. That's a Chris question. Scott. Um, <laughs> and that's decent. You can throw Dennis Pagan in there too. Get the fuck out of Kerry's way. We hit goals. Job done. I could have done that. 
Um, Probably would have kept him out of the bathrooms too. But. <laughs> the reason I say that I think it means it's the end for Ross Lyon is this is Pav's last go-round. Mm. Yeah. Um, and I know that every Frio supporter, that's what they're they're hanging on for is for Pav. And again, Sam, almost every South Australian too, just like <laughs> give him one, send well, him back here at least. He wants to win a flag, then come back. Sam and I were talking about this in the car before. He's the guy that's been there when they were shit. Yeah, and uh, he's stuck. He, he stuck through. Um, he remembers the Damien yeah. Drum era. Yeah, yeah, holy shit. He's seen Damien all those. Remember those <laughs> he's seen all those horrible goonsies and he's still got them, you know, <laughs> back in the cupboard. Um, but they're holding on for him because he, it's a horrible word to say, but he deserves one. Yeah, he does. He does. And especially like not being a West Australian from heart. He's stuck out there and yeah. like every time his contract was up, it's he's going home. He's going yeah. home, you know. This time it's it. Yeah, he's that. But he has always denied all that and stuck with, you know, being that one club man or. No, was he traded? Was he traded there as a rookie, or did he drafted? No, no, drafted there. there. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I'd love to see West Coast offer him a gig. Oh, just end of the season, just just to fuck with Frio. You can like, run the water. Two season, two season deal, mate. With coaching at the end, just to, just to blow shit up. It's can like Essendon making a bid for Silvani. Yeah, loved it. I was imagining Pav in a West Coast Guernsey holding the cup up. I just fucking <laughs> and now all the Freo supporters have fucking tuned out. They, yeah. They've deleted the file. They've just fucked off home. You're like, cool Photoshop. <laughs> it would be a massive riot. Honestly, the places would burn. It'd be bikey wall. I, I think it'd be over the top. So over the top, they would just melt. Like the first supporters just see it and just, no, 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 no. And go home, sleep for about a month and come back and just deny it ever happened. So we all agree that it's premiership or bust for him. Um, I don't know what Ross Lyons' uh, contract's like. I think grand final might buy him another season. But if they go out in the prelim, I don't think he gets an extension. I, I think it's like having a girlfriend that looks fucking sensational but shit in bed. It's like there's only so many times you can pray around and pretend that she's all good <laughs> when you realise that there's no substance there and you've got to just cut her loose and away you go. Next one. <laughs> uh, My I'm... experience. Anyway, <laughs> you know, guys, but, yeah. Um. Uh, what else we got with Frio there? Uh, so let's have a look at uh, if they're going to um, get back up there this year. Um, their uh, their draw for 2016. Um, so they're double up games. They've got obviously with uh, West Coast. They got the Crows, the Bulldogs, and the two expansion sides in GWS and Gold Coast. What, I'd, really? I'd say for a team that finished minor premiers, pretty damn generous. How yep. the hell did they get that draw? Yeah, it's not bad. I mean, somebody's trying to prop them up <laughs> quite clearly. Um, the downside is one game at the G again. Um, but uh, that wasn't their issue this year because you know the, the final they lost was at home. Yeah, um, they playing in Tasmania again. Yep, you got Hawthorne <laughs> in Tasmania again. Because fuck you, that's yeah, why. I fucking love it. <laughs> well, yeah, they're, they're gonna struggle again against all. I think Hawthorne are gonna just go in there and damage them again. But um, look, Frio have the talent to obviously take it to any team in the comp. So you never know; they might come out and decide. Fuck it, we're going to put uh, Nat Fife in leg pads and uh, see how he runs. <laughs> I've never seen a cork thigh um, cause shin splints and so many other issues yeah. um, before, which is amazing because, you know, Russell and I started blaming uh, the, the knee for Mitchell on that. It's, it's quite quite a stretch, and I thought, well done. Well, I thought when he went for global warming, that was uh, a bit rough. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, tough one. Ross Lyon is a media professional. He, <laughs> he never says anything that he doesn't need. He's, he's like a chess There's master. a reason behind it. Yeah, all. yeah, yeah. Of he's course think, it was. He's thinking six weeks ahead every yeah. single time. 
Um, unless he's uh, got a six weeks ahead, he's got an interview booked with Jared Wheatley. <laughs> in which case, fuck you, I ain't rocking up to that. Oh man, Freo fans hate Wheatley as well. I wonder why. <laughs> I don't think what he said was too crazy, to be honest. Um, no, I, I, that Mark Harvey thing still sits a bit. It was the right decision what for what, what they did for you yeah. for the club, but it still sits a bit with me. Yeah, yeah. Well, other thing too, their their start of the season, they've only got one home match. They're playing dogs away, Gold Coast at home, West Coast technically at home, but it's an away match, and then North away. Uh, you really would hope they'd win all four of those, to be honest. Mm. Well, because the big thing for that uh, means that conversely, at the end of the year, from round nineteen onwards, they only leave Perth once. Yeah, and that's um, against so GWS, that's, which... Uh, oh, it'll be a challenge this year. It will be, yeah. but Mumford is the, the heart and soul of that team, and Sandilands yeah. should be able to take it to him. So I think this year they'll spread that heart of that team. I think the midfield's pretty fucking solid. Like, but, I mean, leading into finals, that's a great way for, for Frio to, to do it, because if they're up the top, means they can sit back for the last two months of the year mm. and yeah. uh, you know only visit the airport once. I mean, do they care if they... Um, finish between one and six. Like, obviously, you want the double chance if possible, but if you've got the choice of making that double chance and having your players come into finals burned, or you go, fuck it, well, we don't care if we finish fourth as long as our players go into finals fit and healthy. Well, yeah, of course you want fit and healthy, but if you, the choice is first, off. yeah, yeah you, you, they're, they're going to take, you know, they want that people to make the trip across the Nullarbor, not them. But what I mean, 100%. They've been, they've been doing that for the last few years, like busting a gut to finish top two. And I, you'd have to say it hasn't really paid off. I disagree wholeheartedly. So, so we're going that they should be a little bit more shit this year in order to win the flag. <laughs> they should, they should, Ross Lyon is famous for resting players. Yeah. They should aim for the flag <laughs> rather than aim for top two. Like, like Hawthorne's done the last few seasons, they've... We've aimed for mashed, top two. <laughs> oh, you've had some... We finished third this year in top two the last the three before that. Yeah, but the flag was the goal, not the minor premiership. Is what I'm saying. But you win, but you're not, you're not aiming to win on Bayern Premiership. You're aiming, you're aiming to win the Premiership, and the way to win the Premiership is to get the double chance and yeah, get the week off. Two, yeah. yeah. And, and they did it this year, yeah. rather than the, the round 23 week off, so to speak, like, yeah, this year. Warren Health on the first team this year to win a, a grand final outside of a top two in like uh, fucking ages. 2012, Sydney yeah. did it. Sydney, yeah. Oh, Sydney did as well. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, Ignore Sydney, everything I just said. Sydney are another one of those teams that have, well, for the last decade or so, snuck into the top six, top four, yeah. and sort of flown under the radar a bit. And even before that was Adelaide. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I suppose so. But what I'm saying is this year, I think Frio had that mentality um, because there were a lot of games where they get a lead and then they just go, all right, off the pedal. We're done. Yeah. We, we've got the lead and we'll just coast in. I mean, it hurts their percentage, but that was definitely their goal. Is when, And when they got the minor premiership, there was like, eh, there yeah. it was. You see, that's where I think that was what they exactly what they shouldn't have done in that, they had to work on their ability to score. The question mark around Freo was always their ability to score. And if you're just pulling the foot off and fucking around with the ball, you're not working on those structures that are letting you score. Yeah, but that's that's the exact opposite of what you said two minutes ago. No, no. I'm saying <laughs> win the flag. Yeah. And I'm saying that's what they did. They, they were resting up games. You, uh, they were resting players and they are resting during games. I mean, they're... they're resting during games up. is different to resting players over games. They did both. Yeah. Is what I'm saying. They're, they're two different things. They um, subbed Barlow early in one of their... What match was that? They sub, Was it Barlow? They subbed after like half-time or something real early. If it was Barlow games. in the second half of the season, it wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was definitely second half of the season, one yeah. of the important games. And they actually 
like addressed it during the media afterwards after the game. But yeah, anyway, carry on. yeah, he, he did fall off this year. Yeah. Barlow probably had two touches, and that's why it was up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he was fucking shit. Saying that's what I like about Rossline because he did that to Subin as well a couple of years ago. He's not scared to. Um, uh, pull a move like that like you've got the sub there which you don't have anymore yeah. um, and he's going yeah, you know what this guy's doing nothing let's get rid of him yeah. and then he'll speak honest about it and right. say, and put pressure on that player you know yeah. um, in, in the media afterwards he won't hide behind general soreness or some yeah he's felt yeah. tight in the hammy he's like no he played shit yeah. fuck him you got to respect that for a coach yeah and especially even um, giving the you generally have young kids who are going to be experienced or some kind of from injury as the sub because you're only playing like a quarter maximum usually. Yeah. And so if you do have the young player there, why not give him a crack? Give him the, the extra quarter to, you know, have his little initial moment on the field and then get into the game and get into his, his habit of how he's going to play in that structure as opposed to having someone you can see failing and then stick with them until the final final quarter. And You know, you may as well bring him off at halftime and give someone a chance, especially when you're a team like Frio where... That one player is going to make the huge difference in the outcome, surely. Um, on the best and fairest uh, for Frio, the, the Doig medal. Um, mm. Very interesting that obviously the votings work different. Um, Fife would have been favourite, but Sanderlands took it home, which I think is um, a, a real um, I don't know, uh, vote for consistency. Mm. Yeah. Do, you, do you guys know how it works, George Doig medal? No. How they do theirs? Yeah. yeah. Because everyone gets a vote, basically. So the players oh, okay. are ranked 1 to 22 going into that game. Yeah. And so, yeah, Fife got a lot of, like, 22, 22 votes. Yeah. But consistency of a thing over the whole yeah, season, Sanderlands was just consistently yeah. getting ah, good votes okay. as well. So it's yeah. like a 10-point must system. Yeah. Essentially. Essentially, yeah. 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 No, that's basically what it is. Um, yeah. Or a 22-point must system. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, basically... Over the course of a year, Sanderlands was just his consistency took him over the line. That's if it was a five, four, three, two, one or something, yeah, five probably would have still would have killed it. Yeah, yeah. It, it, but I, I kind of like that. Um, yeah, because because yeah. your best and fairest, I think, is a reflection on role players. Yeah, as yeah. much as it's like uh, like Grado is a midfielder's medal, fair enough. Yeah. But most best and fairest, like you see a lot of um, key backmen and yeah. ruckmen and stuff winning it. Yeah, yeah so. three or four backmen that won it this year, mm-hmm. and you know, two ruckmen that I can think of off the top of my head. Mm-hmm. Like we've always said, is that when we tried to pick um, your three best when we're doing the uh, game reviews, yep. and you're trying to pick your top three, when you're actually watching the match, you forget about your top three and, and yeah. even assessing that at all. It's not until afterwards you're like, well, all right, so this guy was a good player in general, so what did he do during yeah. this match? And you sort of work backwards from there. Whereas well, if you have to give every person a spot on that list you, you actually start debating alright yeah. so he was here and like you got your general players around here and then you start ba- debating that little section alright so who was better in this and I think it's more comprehensive and probably more fair I like it. way to assess it yeah I think also the major difference between the Brownlow and the clubs are who's doing the voting like if you're a yeah. we were saying how hard it is to pick when you're watching the televised version but when you're yeah. on the ground as an umpire and yeah. you're only seeing what's happening between you know six metres around you or between you and the ball yeah. you're not seeing the guys that are the fullback running 50 metres yeah. to cover off three players yeah. and everything. So you don't value those players. And even as a fan there, yeah. Yeah, but when you're voting on the club, you're in the coach's box, you're looking at the whole match, you're seeing every player, you've got the stats on hand up close. Yeah. So you can make judgment calls on how they're going every quarter, every 10 minutes if you like. And yeah. you know what instructions were given. Exactly so. You know if they're playing a role. So yeah. one player may not touch the ball his whole fucking match, yeah. but his role might be to run with Wasn't Gary Ablett. told to do, yeah. And yeah. Gary Ablett's only got six possessions, in which case, that dude's worth 100 points. Yeah. Well, Crowley won a best and fairest, I think. I think he did, yeah. Yeah, uh, with him. So which yeah. goes to show, you know, a bloke that's a, a tagger and yeah. the best in the business when he was up and about. Yeah. Um, 
so uh, who's who's due for a big season this year from uh, from Frio? Uh, well, last year obviously Sandlands, Fife, and Lockie Neal, I think, were their best three. Um, but who's up for a big one this year? Benel has to be. Yeah, um, my pick was Benel yeah, as well. That's the one where his upside is so great that anything less than spectacular uh, would be not really acceptable. And he has spectacular in him. Oh shit, yes. There's been a couple of times with Gold Coast where he's kicked, you know, he's kicked bags at six and you know, tore away from packs to yeah. do it. And that's he has uh, the spectacular. That's in, in a him. season where Gary Ablett hasn't been playing so much. So he's not getting quality possession. But with Fife, Neil, uh, all those guys, yeah. he's going to get a lot of possession in space. Yep. Or he won't have to reach behind him to get the ball on the run. It'll be out in front of him, lace out every time. And he'll be able to just fucking sprint like he can. Yeah. I want to see Yaron get a game. Yeah, very yeah. good draft pick. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So um, does Yaron. Uh, Shane. Shane Yaron. Shane, um, yeah. Uh, played for Subi the last two years, done very, very well as a lead-out chess mark forward. Yeah. What Freo needs is marks inside 50 yeah. for goals. All their goals this year have been from spoils, balls going on the ground, Walters, Ballantyne, whatever, yeah. has picked the ball up, snapped goal. Um, not enough to base around... Yeah. Um, yeah. A- enough to win a premiership. Yeah. yeah. Like, everyone... Freo fans going to hate me because they, they've heard enough about, like, all oh, the inability to score, but... They don't. Well, it's the fucking truth. It yeah, is exactly. the fucking truth, yeah. and I'll keep saying if you hate it. Facts, and marks inside fifty is such a. They were like in the bottom four. Yeah, yeah. it was yeah. absolutely woeful. And with with first possession with Sandlands out of the ruck, you got no yeah. excuse for having a shit inside fifties. Exactly. You know the biggest endorsement that is though. They've only got five free to wear games next year. They're so yeah. shitty at scoring and boring to watch. The AFL has gone. <laughs> Fuck that! It's not going to rate. Yeah. We'll just put that on pay TV only. Only in the eastern eastern states though. Yeah, yeah. but. Um, but yeah, so I'm, I'm saying if Yaron can go down the forward line and if he can become like a uh, an, a focal point, because yeah. he can mark over his head, he yeah. can mark lead out. He's a yeah. very talented footballer. If he can produce something out of nowhere, take the, you know, uh, strain off Pavlic and then you don't have people talking about bloody Haneth, Apeness and all of that shit being absolutely woeful, yeah. then he actually, you might be able to start, you know, Scoring some bloody goals. Well, yeah. You hope that his state league um, form can trans- transfer over mm. to the AFL, and yeah. he's in the right team for it because he mm. won't be um, shouldering a, a massive expectation. Mm. Yeah. But I mean, if he does get up too, it's a great story mm. as well, which always helps through. Because yeah. you know he he did his time in prison and that kind of stuff, and he's come out now. He's I think he's got a wife or. Um, uh, he shacked up anyway with a couple of kids yeah. you know he's turned his life around and it shows the the power of football and now he's got a, an AFL club behind him yeah. he can be everything that we hoped that Dale Garlett would be yeah uh, and, and wasn't and I think what a what, uh, key role for him would be is to spread the defence of the opposition yeah. and also because it seems like one thing the free don't struggle in is small forwards that can snap goals or things like that <laughs> no, exactly. especially with Ben all coming there so if you can have one or two key forwards like that around Pavlich when he's leading and then one or two around um, Yarra when he's leading, then you seem to maximise sort of the um, attention of your the yeah. defence. So they have to be able to cover both of these and it's not so one-dimensional and not so easy to drop someone in a hole where Pav's going to go and then you've got other people to come around and cover the loose crummers. You're going to have a two-pronged attack with front and centre crummers who can kick goals and it's going to be very hard to contain that if they managed to structure it correctly. Well, that's why Benel's such an interesting pick because we, we know how structured Frio is and how disciplined they are in following their structures. Yeah. Whereas 
Bennell is a very fl- uh, free-flowing player. Yeah. Um, so it'll be interesting how he, his role comes in. Do they yeah. give him enough freedom to, to go and yeah. do what comes natural to him? They've got to look at Eddie Betts going to the Crows and yeah. having that freedom and owning a pocket, which yeah. is very rare in a very um, goal-square-dominated sort of forward line where yep. you've got Taylor Walker there. But even a guy like Cyril Rioli, you can't structure him. Yeah. You exactly. just you put him where you hope he can do the most damage, and he's talented yeah. enough to do that. Yeah, I gotta say, even I imagine when Alistair Clarkson has got his little whiteboard with his magnets on there, like you put Cyril in this general area here, and that's where he goes from the wing down to the forward line, and you know, just anywhere in there, and that's where he's going to float around. There's well, not really a structure where you put Cyril. His, very, his magnets just on a string. <laughs> very interesting that you mentioned Clarkson as well, because one of the other big moves they've made in the off season is mm. getting David Hale. Brent Guerra and Anthony Rock, yeah. all who have done time under Clarkson, yeah. um, over there. So um, I think it was uh, was it Griffin or Clark have already said um, that Hale has shown them you know um, things in just body positioning and marking contests and stuff like yeah. that. It's just they've gone. This is amazing. Which is great. He learned it, but he didn't do it. <laughs> um, he kicked a few goals for us. He was good. Um, he was shit. Yeah, he's got three premierships. Um, but I mean, the, the point, I mean, they're not going to rubbish their new um, skills coach who's yeah. come across, but it, it's, it looks like it's something they've identified that we, while we've got to stick to Ross, Ross's system, we've got to start looking at some other methods because we haven't got that one prize yeah. and time's running out. Yeah, and I think when they start looking at what it takes to have not just win a premiership, but have a successful system. You need people who have been there before and bring that experience on board. Yeah. And obviously, the first we're going to poach is Hawthorne because whatever whatever it is, they've got it nailed and they've proven that. And especially when you look at um, Box Hill, how well they've gone. So yeah. even when the Hawks A-League aren't going too well, they've got a reserve that's chopping the bit to get there and doing very well in their own right. Well, they've done that too. They've got Sam Collins from uh, Box Hill, who's yeah. a bit of a general down back. Yeah. And I think like with McFarlane um, uh, retiring now, yeah. there's somebody who can slot in who's already had a couple of years at State League as, yeah. as well. So, you know, they haven't gone the, the youth route yet. They've got, you know, some mature age um, State Leaguers in there yeah. um, because depth is the other issue that they've had um, and something that they've addressed or attempted to address with that. Yeah, and that's like we're talking where Hawks have those on-field generals. And I'm thinking you're getting people who can start to teach people how to, ha- how to have that role yeah. on there. Well, you say that. Who would be the most physically intimidating bloke in Frio? I mean, besides Sandilands, because he's a monster. Or Pav's nose. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> His nose has biceps. Um, Walters, he's got the tats. He needs to be uh, a bit bigger, though. Subin is probably the guy you see throwing his weight around the most. Yeah. Um, underneath packs, being a little... Yeah. Whenever you see people wrestling on the floor, it's Subin yeah. every single fucking time. But when Mizungu's in full flight too, he does look yeah. like a, yeah. a freight train. Mm. But there's no uh, no bloke you think who is actually going to knock people fair on their ass every chance he gets, like your you know, Lakes Hodge. Yeah, yeah, yeah bring so Troy that. Cook back. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, that role used to be Solly. Yeah, quite clearly, <laughs> and you know, you know, get in trouble for it every now and then. But that's that's what you want an enforcer for. Um, but Mzungu was a good name you bring up as well because he felt like he had flashes of, um, of form this year that made it look like he was an A grader. Yeah, um, and then sort of disappeared a little bit as well. I actually like sure. Mzungu. I, I think he's one of those blokes that it's an awesome name to say. <laughs> it oh, is. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He's one of those guys that um, seemed to have come to footy late, but um, he he seems to love to play. But you see him running out, and he, he just seems so hungry for the ball. And sometimes his ambitions and his abilities, there's a bit of a differential there. But uh, I, I don't mind uh, Mazuka. I think he's he's a, a decent player for that side. 
He's got absolutely no fear in him. He's, he's completely dropped off Ross's radar, though. Yeah. He yeah. was playing games against like teams like the Doggies and stuff, and like teams that you know Doggies almost got up against them. It was against yeah. teams that Ross didn't exactly rate. Yeah, and he spent a lot of time playing for Peel last year. Yeah. He's still a great player. He was still, he will never ever ever question um, his effort. loyalty and yeah. his effort. But yeah. I think um, Ross is moving away from Mzungu a little bit. I, that's, what, that's how I felt this year anyway. Yep. Yeah. I, mean, I think he could play that enforcer role if you just said, look, you stick on this bloke. He's too he nice. He gets the ball, punch yeah. him. Yeah, exactly. He's not a cunt. He's yeah. too nice. Like, there's certain players like, you go, yeah, he's built like a brick shot. And it's not like he's built like Tarzan plays like Jane. It's not that at all. Because mm. yeah. he doesn't. He plays like Tarzan. But he's not... Um, Vicious. He's not vicious. He's not gonna, you know, be a Campbell Brown. Like yeah. <laughs> he, he's not not ever Punch gonna be teammates. like that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he's not he's not gonna be that player, and he's just he's some players just born too nice. See, that's funny because you, uh, you mentioned his loyalty there as well. Um, I think that's that's something that Frio really nailed. Um, mm. I was looking at their draftees this year. Uh, they've had four draftees, and only one of them, being Shane Yaron, is from WA. Mm. They're not worried about that go home factor as much. Um, because I was trying to think, who's the former Frio player for somebody else at the, uh, going around at the minute? It's hard to think of one. I would say Trent Crowe, didn't realize he retired years ago. Yeah, he retired in 2008. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to think of all, like, it seems like whenever you hear um, the free agency and trade period coming up, you hear the excuse of, I want to go home so often. It's not often that it's not referred to a Western Australian team. Like, they want to go home. Yeah, and it's generally the Western Australian players that really want to go home, and it's... Fighting really well for those That's teams. That's what I can think of as Judd. I'm not. So, I'm trying to think. Yeah. Well, that was West Coast, obviously. But I'm just yeah. thinking of West Coast, yeah. West, West Australian teams in general. Um, cousins, like. <laughs> That's oh, a, cousins it's, it's was a little bit different, <laughs> but uh, that's what I mean. Like they had to shackle Cam McCarthy to Gita West well, for not see, to fucking go. Yeah, there you go. Back across there. I wonder if that's just twelve months in the waiting. Yeah, but, exactly. I mean, there's it's it's hard to think of former Fremantle players that are other clubs at the minute, yeah. and oh, I'm sure there are. There must be, mm, yeah. but yeah. I can't think of them. So it just shows how good they are at retaining their best twenty-two. Yeah. Um, which says you know, a lot for the club and that um, they... I mean, obviously, they've been top four the last you know uh, three years, uh, yeah. something like that, um, and expect them to be there again this year. Um, so who's on the chopping block for Freo this year? And I think this is part of their problem. Is We've already mentioned some names. Pavlich. Ross Lyon. Pavlich, is, he's not on the chopping block. He's, he's having no, I, don't, I don't think he'll make it the whole year next year. No, he's on a farewell tour. Yeah. You reckon um, he'll play... If, okay. If they got Cam McCarthy... I don't know if he stays. I think if he but, does play the whole year into deep into finals, it's probably not a good thing. I think it's because they're missing someone who can really come in and take his place and sort of fill in the deficiency that he's had. In regards, there is. I, th- I don't think anybody's with any doubt. Twenty sixteen is his last year. Yeah. Um, and, and you're right. How many games does he play? Yeah. If he plays fifteen, I'd be impressed. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Definitely. Um, now, the other names we mentioned, uh, guys like uh, Dawson and Barlow, who have sort of fallen out, not in best 22 anymore. Yeah. Um, and, and Barlow especially, it looks like the, the speed of the game's gone past him. Yeah. Um, which is sad because, you know, being a uh, mature age recruit, he was um, the, the hottest thing since sliced bread when yeah. he first came it in. Was, yeah, until he broke his leg, he was just yeah. playing amazing. Changed, changed and, him so much. And again, like, only recognise these players through Supercoach because you're always looking for that bargain, <laughs> the mature age. And it was... 
It was Barlow and Malczewski who were the gun sort of mature age recruits back yeah. in the day. And you saw Malczewski get traded off and went fucking nowhere. And all of a sudden, Barlow's going nowhere. It seems like it's it's been a mature age is burning the candle at both ends where yeah. you've got rid of that ability to develop in the A-leagues, but you seem to hit the ground running when you get there, but you don't last as long. Um, it's also hard with Pavlich because the knock against Fremantle has been scoring. And when you're the key forward... Yeah, um, and the heart and soul of that team. Yeah, uh, you've you've got to do something. Can someone look up actually how many? So can someone look up actually how many um, goals? San, um, sorry, Sandler's uh, Pavlich kicked this year because I cannot. I don't know. Was it AFL, AFL tables? tables. Yeah. Yeah. Well, while you're doing that, there's only one player running around at the moment Ooh. who's a former Freo player. Oh, I've done your research. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> on the fly. Oh, uh, Vi- Vivian uh, Mitchie. Mitchie, yeah, and he's um, shit. Yes, he's, he's gone from Frio, where he played a total of one game. For Dave, oh, so he still qualifies. Did he only play one game? Yep. I thought he played more. No, he was on the list for 2011-2012, didn't get a Guernsey. And 2013, played one game for a total of seven kicks, six handles. Not a bad return in an opening game. Um, then got traded to Melbourne, because if you're a midfielder trying to get into Frio, uh, a total of 13 possessions isn't going to do it. But... Yeah, he just uh, he's the only one. That's Otherwise, right. they've all traded draft picks out and see, players in. See, that's what I mean. They, they've retained them all. Um, yeah, although they did trade for Gumbleton and he was fucked when they got him. Yeah, that was unlucky. Yeah. Um, he just never got his body so what was the question again? How many goals is Pavlich? Yeah, yeah. Think about Gumbleton. Oh, I've got blokes who um, grew up playing um, in the Peel League and Gumbleton was talked about like he was the next carry. Like he was just... Oh, a talented player. God, and he just um, never got in the park. Yeah, in 2015, uh, 40 goals was what uh, Pav got. So 40 goals this year? Yeah. So that's not a bad return. It's not a bad return. Down from 46 but, before and a career high of 69. But, I mean, you've, so you've got no players over 50 and you finish top of the ladder. Yeah, that's weird. It, it, it is weird. But, I mean, they've always been a defensive side. You know, Ross Lyon, it's what he's known for. Boring is what they've known for. But um, Some people would say that. Yeah, um, and Ross is the other person I put on the chopping block because I, I think like, how many years do you almost get there before you just go you know what and sometimes that's all that's necessary because you've looked at uh, the first year coaches who've got flags or you know first or second years uh, guys like you know Scott uh, even Malcolm Blight back in the day they've come in and built on what uh, another coach has done and then have been able to just make it click somehow and sometimes yeah. it's just that change of coach uh, the change of the face of the team that can have that effect there's no doubt he's been good for Fremantle. Oh, shit, yes. Because uh, they were mediocre. Um, me- mediocre was, was good. <laughs> it was an improvement for them. Mm. Um, they were mediocre under Harvey, and then Ross Lyon turned them into a threat in- almost immediately. As a list manager, he has been spectacular. And you can say Ross is unlucky not to have a premiership, but uh, you know th- there, is, there is no... Uh, unlucky doesn't count. Um, no, there's no lucky... You don't get a premiership via luck. No. You have to earn it. Um, so I've put him on the chopping block as well. Um, and one I'll throw out there, uh, Ballantyne. Um, because there, there are more goal kickers now um, at, uh, at Frio. And they've got uh, Burnell in, who's an attacking option. Um, and like we said, Shane Yarin's going to be an option. Um, well, that's the big we, name you mentioned there, Burnell. He does everything Ballantyne does, plus 10 more percent, including drugs. <laughs> I don't know, about 10. <laughs> um, so uh, uh, he's still a big contributor, um, but it is going to be interesting to see how uh, the team structure changes this year. Because um, they don't need a major tweak, but they do need to tweak something. I right. think the reason why, or it's not, but 
the forward structure's got enough issues as it is. I'll, I'll better say why it works so well and doesn't work that well. But the reason why the four, the small forwards do work quite well is when Ballantyne is playing. I there's not many players in the in the league with a work rate like Ballantyne does. Absolutely, yeah. and it's it's hard to see for a lot of people when you when On you're TV. not at the games. But yeah. like, I've never seen him pull out of or, a contest or, even if it means giving away a free kick it's, it's in the mind for the next contest later yeah. on See, big, big call I'm going to make uh, Ballantyne to coach next year uh, <laughs> Ross Lyon will be out Ballantyne in the box which is going to be funny because he's going to need a phone book to sit on so he can see the match but uh, I think he'd make a great coach. I think the team that plays against him... So unless it's a Mighty Ducks thing where like, he's, he's going to do you know, public service or something for six months. I want to throw out crazy ideas. Ross Lyon out in two years, Stevie Johnson in. Yep. Yeah, that's not a bad That'd call, be actually. fantastic, too, because the... Jeez, uh, the Frio uh, hate Stevie J. Yeah. And we all know that Stevie J wants to be a coach. Yeah. I'd love to see the Stevie J presses, too. That would be fucking hilarious. And his own little state there that he could run, that'd be amazing. I can imagine him with a crown. He'd make up his own fucking... Or his WWE belt sort of thing. He'd crown made great. out of sunscreen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or, or Gary Ablett's old hair. I think he'd rock up in uniform just in case he can get on. So, Frio this year, um, minor premiers, 17 wins. Where you see him finishing next year? Where do I see? Mm. Yep. Um, well, I, I don't see them dropping off that much. I think they might drop off slightly and finish third. Um, but uh, I think that's just going to be because they're they're not going to accept anything less than a flag. So they're going to try and maybe try some new tactics, especially against Hawthorne. And the one game they play at the G, they're going to be absolutely trying everything they can to get used to the ground. See, for me, his thing is I picked them as third, but again, I'm still not entirely comfortable keeping them there because I can you can see where they need to improve. I just don't see how they improve it. If that makes sense. I don't see how they get over... Just... I don't see them going backwards, but I don't see them going forwards Ooh. enough to say they'd comfortably hold Hawthorne. But I think their strategy got found out this year, and I don't see how they've really got a strong enough plan B that's going to get them across the likes of the competition they're going to come up against, yep. like Hawthorne and Sydney and even Geelong with getting Dangerfield, and they're going to be a bit of a dark here as well, but I don't see them... I see them doing well, but I don't see them having that sort of X factor that gets over the problems that they've obviously faced for the last couple of years. Okay. I've gone down the, the same um, thought pattern you had, but I came to the opposite conclusion. <laughs> yeah. um, that I thought that Benel is that X factor. Yeah. I, I think if Benel clicks and shows his skill like he should, I, I think 17 wins is the minimum for them. I, I, they've got a nice draw. I reckon they can get 18 wins and still finish first. See, I don't think the small forward who kills it is what they're missing. I'm thinking it's they're not missing... small. No, it's the X-Factor too. I, well, I do agree the in that... Um, it doesn't weigh much. The thing that Frio lack is the ability to change it up. So that's not what I said. I didn't finish that sentence. <laughs> <laughs> I think for back line, send off back line across there. They need someone who's an enforcer like a Hodge across yeah. there. Okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. I was going to say, they don't have the ability to mix it up. Like a, a team like Hawthorne, West Coast, yeah, they'll yeah. absorb your punishment for maybe 10 minutes of a quarter. Yeah. They go, right, lads, now it's our turn. And they'll just fucking turn it on and kick five, ten goals yeah. at a crack. And Fremantle can't score quickly. That's been established for quite some time. But they also can't change momentum quickly. Well, well that was the whole strategy around. until Richmond found him out, wasn't it? At the start of the year was they turn it over and then score quickly going down the middle until they had to lead out from forward line and they got found out. Oh, they got found out when, I mean, they still won a lot of games, but, you know, five yeah. were injured. That didn't help. 
that's true. Um, and that was the other thing. I think it was a it would, would have been hard to impossible to leave Fife out of that prelim final. Oh, I don't know why you can do but that. But he was limping in the first. Yeah. But he was still he was one of their he best. He had a players. broken leg. Yeah, yeah. yeah. On, and that leg was leg, targeted. <laughs> on one leg, he's still a, a top player. It's like the the Gary Ablett and Fife and all those guys that are out and out superstars. Even limping, they're probably better than the next guy coming in. Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, well, yeah. and and depth is one of their issues. But they got players this year, I think, who are playing for their careers and somebody coaching for their career. Um, that I think that their twenty uh, third to twenty fifth players now are not as much a liability as they used to be. Yeah, Sam, where you got them? Well, with that draw um, with Yaron and uh, Benno coming in, who I think are huge ins. Um, Roscoe will change up the tactics again like he always does and he'll come out and they'll probably be very strong at the start of the year like they normally are I still have them in the top four comfortably I can yeah. even think they can make top two to be honest so it's everyone in the top four yeah, yeah. everyone top four man to put them out of the top four yeah, yeah. I mean especially the advantage you have playing say hello to a new era of mental health care Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your Cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Over the West. Um, when you've got two strong teams in West Coast and Fremantle is yep. never a happy trip going over there for any team. Again, derbies next year are going to be a fucking yeah. bottlers. Yeah. And that's even the derbies in Victoria were huge events. Like I remember being really excited for the derby happening yeah. just because of two good teams going Shame at it. Shame about the first quarters. Yeah, exactly. They were both bore fest. Yeah. They were <laughs> great build up for the whole week. But... Yeah. Um, so still uh, big things for Frio. We still expect them to go deep. Um, yep. into the final so it's uh, it's good times but it, it might be their last roll of the dice yeah um, especially for Pav it yeah. is it yeah. is his last roll yeah. of the dice having said that we've uh, proven ourselves to be rather inconsistent experts so they could fucking, <laughs> they could finish wooden spoon or flag and we'd probably still have nothing intelligent to say about it yeah, yeah. well why change it yeah <laughs> so I still haven't understood how I won the tipping competition <laughs> I was kind of as a point of pride that I was that shit at getting anything right because like you get streaks of being really good at something but it's almost a skill unto herself to not pick anything right for a streak well and if was, you can get a zero round that's actually just as hard as a, a full card round well I was going the whole year I felt I was going really good for not picking anything and actually trying so yeah I'm a bit disappointed that I didn't do as shit as I thought alright well that'll do for our Freo Primer for 2016 yep yeah good luck guys peace Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. 
Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at lifelock.com slash aware.